Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message. The last two weeks, we had an opportunity to take part in something called Chosen through World Vision, where we set a goal of sponsoring a hundred children in Rwanda. A hundred children who were very much in need of our sponsorship, of our love and our support. And so we did this over the past week, and when we got to last Sunday at 5 p.m., that was our deadline, I checked the numbers, and we had a goal of 100, and we reached 99. And I'm not kidding you, it was 99 out of 100, which was still absolutely amazing. But thankfully, over the last week, we have surpassed that total. We had to, you know, push the deadline back a little bit. But right now, as a church, we are sponsoring 104 children in the nation of Rwanda. And it's such an incredible thing. And I say this to simply say thank you to our church body for being so generous, for being willing to sponsor a child, to give financially, and also to our church for praying for these children for praying for the community, for continuing to keep them in our prayers. And and any way that we as a church are supporting them is something that is going to be investing in their future and also in their lives for eternity. And so I wanted to thank you for doing that. And I really felt like it was such an awesome way to kind of close out our first uh, phase, if you will, of our pursuit series. Being in pursuit of God by being in pursuit of his people. It was a really practical way to do that, and so I'm really excited that we closed it out in that way. But when I say we closed it out, I really mean that it's just, like, really begun. Like, being in pursuit of people didn't stop just because we ended that part of the series, but now the real work begins where we love the people around us, the people of our community, and the people of the world. I am, however, excited because today we're going to be moving into part two of our pursuit series which is that we are a people in pursuit of God by being in pursuit of his promise. Being in pursuit of the promise of God. And and just so there's no misunderstanding, when I talk about the promise of God, I'm talking about the word of God. The spoken word, the written word, the word of God that that created the universe. And really today, that's where we're going to start. In the beginning. When I say those words, in the beginning, we all think to a specific Bible verse, right? They cheated. They put it on the screen. Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And when we look at this story, we see that the earth, the world, the universe was void. It was dark. There was darkness that covered the face of the earth until this moment in verse 2 where God said, let there be. There was darkness. There was emptiness. There was nothing until God opened his mouth and spoke a word. And all of a sudden, where there was nothing, creation appeared. Where there was nothing, where there was a void, where there was a vacuum, all of a sudden, matter came to be. It came into existence. There was nothing, and then God spoke. And he did this in verse 3, in verse 6, in verse 9, 11, 14, 20, 24, and 26. It says, and God said, let there be, and there was, and then he saw that it was good. 
God has had a plan from the very beginning. And when I say the beginning, we say that for our understanding because there really was no beginning to God. He has always been. But God has always had an understanding of what his purpose, of what his plan, of what creation was going to be. And it wasn't though until that he spoke that that plan became manifest. There was darkness and there was nothing and then God opened his mouth and spoke a word and then his purpose came into being. In the beginning, God said, let there be. Can you just imagine with me for a moment that moment when there was nothing but just darkness and then the word of God speaks? God speaks, he opens his mouth. Imagine the thunderous roar of his voice echoing throughout the expanse of time, of space, and all of a sudden, where there was nothing, there was something. It's so important that we take time to go back to some of these simple truths because very often we hear these stories in children's church or we hear about them when we're kids or when we first get saved and we open our Bibles and we don't really think about the significance of what is being said here. Where there was nothing, God speaks and the power comes forth from his mouth and life is created. And then we look at John chapter 1, the Gospel of John, and it starts in exactly the same way, in the beginning. And this gives us even a greater understanding of what took place in creation. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, all things were made through Him, and without Him, not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, the light that shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. In the beginning, there was nothing, but then there was the Word. There was the Logos. There was the expression of the nature and the heart of God through the Spirit coming alive in the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This is a distinction that's being made here because the Word being with God means that there was a unique and separate identity that was being contained in this Word. The Word was with God from the very beginning. The only way that creation, when, when God spoke forth, that creation came to be was because the Word was present, coming out of His mouth, being present with Him. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. There was a distinct and unique identity, and also the Word was perfection. The Word was the Creator. The Word was God. These two things coming together speak to the nature and the identity of Jesus. 
Jesus, present from the very beginning, even though we don't read his name in the creation story in Genesis, was there from the very beginning. And when God spoke into the expanse of nothingness, life became through Jesus. And there was nothing that came to be outside of who he is. Verse 2 speaks about him. It says, He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. The word he speaks to the perfect expression of Jesus. In the beginning, in creation, that created life and substance and purpose. You know, it really wouldn't be possible to overstate what we're talking about here today. It wouldn't be possible. We could just really just stay right here in this scripture and to allow it to saturate and to sink in what it means for everything to have come through the person of Jesus from the very beginning. But mankind throughout history has always been in search of, has always been in a desperate pursuit of meaning and identity. Looking for the ability to find out who we are and why we are through the things of life, through the things of this world, through our pursuits of of all of the acquisitions of possessions and, and all of the accomplishments of life. We have been in pursuit of an identity, but often outside of the truth and the understanding that our identity can only come through the word that spoke the universe into motion. And we go through life sometimes as if our own efforts as mankind, our own abilities, our own pursuits could ever actually give us the reality or the value outside of Jesus. The thing is, is that if we search for truth outside of Jesus, we are always going to find a very poor substitute and a counterfeit. If we try to find our value and our identity outside of the person of Jesus, we're always going to come up short because outside of Jesus, there is no significance in us. But I don't say that to take away your significance. I say it to actually reinforce the fact that if you are here today, it's because God spoke you into existence, that you are here because of the word And because of that, you have great significance. You have great value. That you have been created with a purpose, with an identity that was thought of, that was manifest in the heart of God before the creation of the world. Therefore, every man and woman that walks on this earth has great significance if we would only understand where it comes from. To reconnect with the Creator, that while there was nothing, while there was only darkness, He spoke and life became. It all comes through the Word, the source of our promise. Verse 4 says, In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light that shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. This word darkness has great significance as well. In both accounts in Genesis 1 and John 1, we see that in the beginning, God was. He was always there. But also, 
there was darkness. We, we see that without the expression of his word, that there is a natural void or an absence. An absence of light, an absence of life, an absence of anything. Genesis then chapter 1 verse 2 says, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So God was present even in the darkness. But in verse 3, God speaks. Genesis 1, 3. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. It's the first thing that God creates. He doesn't even bother creating a sun and a moon and stars. He just says, let there be light. So the very first time recorded in Scripture that God opens his mouth, the byproduct of it is light. The very first time that God speaks a word into the universe, the, the reaction is that there is light and darkness is dispelled. Josh, are you making fun of me because I'm using my hands too much? Light came to be when God said, let there be. When God speaks, when he opens his mouth, all of a sudden creation takes notice. Things that were not become things that are now. And what we have to understand is that when we're talking about our pursuit today, we are talking about the pursuit of Jesus in all things. The pursuit of what he has spoken. Verse 4 says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light that shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. This is what we are in pursuit of. We are in pursuit of the word. We have to understand that that is our pursuit of the promise. It is the pursuit of the word. But secondly, we have to understand that it is the word of God. The word that comes forward from his mouth through the person of Jesus that expels darkness in every area. It is the truth of God that dispels darkness in every single area. And what we need to do is we need to be aware of where the darkness has been able to exist in our lives. We have to be aware of the places that we have allowed darkness to continue to exist. And the place of darkness is any place where the Word is not present and in operation in our lives. I'm going to say that again. Darkness is any place where the Word of God is not present and in operation in our lives. In the absence of the word, all we are left with is darkness. In the absence of the truth, all we are left with is the vacuum of our own understanding, our own ability, and the wisdom of man. So if there is a place of darkness in our lives, then there is a place where there has been an absence of the truth. In our life, often there is, there's darkness in the places where there is lack, and we don't understand the ability of God to be the provider that we need Him to be. 
In the places of sickness, often there is a, a lack of, of the light of the truth of who God is as our healer and our redeemer. In the places of brokenness, in the places of fear, in the places of anxiety and pain, there is often a lack of the understanding of the word. Now that's not to say when we fully understand and we see the word that everything becomes better. It's not to say that all of a sudden situations change just because we see the word or we see the truth. Because often the other place of darkness in our life is the place where we have taken the truth of God and we've tried to fit him into a box, into our own timing, into our own understanding, into our own, into our own realm of thinking. And we've taken this God of the universe who is sovereign and perfect and holy and bigger than we could ever comprehend. And we've tried to make him make sense to us. Often darkness is just us taking his truth and trying to conform it into ours. Once again, the truth being present doesn't mean that everything changes instantly. It means that our ability to see him is transformed. And that even what we might be walking into and walking through as sons and daughters has given a different perspective and a different identity because we see him more clearly. We were out to eat last night with some friends and uh, one of our friends was talking about how she had glasses and she lost them for a year and she put the glasses on and all of a sudden everything was different. She was able to see with greater clarity again. Sometimes that's exactly what happens to us. We just need to be able to see him with greater clarity. We just need to be able to see. It doesn't mean that everything changes, but it means that in the place of pain and hurt. Can we just be honest today, church? Sometimes there is still pain present in our Christian walk with God. And for us to acknowledge that there is pain present isn't for us to have less faith. It's not for us to be failures in any way. It's for us to realize that we walk in this earth that is not perfect, but to not stop there and to invite God into those places with us to see his light and his truth in the midst of the circumstance that we might be going through. We have to be careful not to take the truth of God and to try to make it make sense to us always. I told a story in the first service uh, about bedtime with my daughter. Every time it's time for Ellie to go to bed, there's this whole process and usually it's a lot of stalling. Can I have a drink? Can I have a cookie? I'm still hungry. I'm still thirsty. Can you turn this light on? No, it's too bright. Can you turn that sound down? It's too loud. It's too quiet. Or there's too many people in the house making too much noise. And, and so there, there's this part of bedtime that is a process. But once we finally get her into bed, it's always the same. She says, Daddy, can you read me a book? And depending on the time, I will read her a book. But if it's too late, I'll say, Angel, we can't read a book tonight. And so she'll say, okay, Daddy, tell me a story. And so often we go for this option because I get to dictate how long the story is. It just can't be too short because she'll call me on that too. So we say, well, there was Ellie, and then we attach an animal. So Ellie bear, or Ellie fish, or Ellie elephant. And then we tell this story, and I say, Ellie, okay, what happened next? 
What happened? Who came? Okay, so the tiger comes and you were scared. And then what happens next? And so she fills in the blanks of the story. And it's, it really is fun. And the story always has to end with, and then we got uh, strawberry donuts with rainbow sprinkles. As long as the story ends there, then it's good. And I was thinking about this in context of our walk with God, because I truly do believe this. And when we walk through life with God, there is a relationship. There is a a cooperative connection going on. There is the ability to co-create with Christ. And he gives us free will. And he gives us passions and desires. And he gives us the ability to choose and to design and all of these things. And that is amazing. But what we can't do is then turn around and walk through situations of life. And then to try to dictate how this is going to be. And what it's going to look like. And whether or not it makes sense in in our mindset and our ability to understand. I think I've driven this point home here today. We we have to be aware of any place that we have tried to conform him to our understanding. Because this becomes darkness. And what darkness is, once again, it's any place where in the absence of the true word of God, we have allowed another word or a counterfeit word to speak louder than the voice of Jesus. Darkness is any place that we have allowed another word because of the absence, because of the presence, because maybe we we thought we had it figured out and so we didn't go to him or maybe because we felt like he was saying something that we didn't want to hear or whatever it is. In the absence of his word and his truth, we've replaced it with something else and we've allowed that to dictate our choices and the circumstances we're going through. And so we have to ask the question, And this is a real practical way of looking at this. And we're going to continue talking about some of the spiritual things week after week. But what are the voices that are speaking truth into our lives? And who are we listening to? I feel like we we revisit this quite often. Who are we listening to? Internally, so often, there are a few voices that we listen to. And I think number one, the voice that we listen to more than anybody else is our own voice. Which can obviously lead to some issues at times. Now, it's, it's not a bad thing. As long as our voice is being influenced by the truth of the Word of God, that's a good thing. But there are times where if we're only listening to our voice and no other voice and no other context, then we are not able to fully see what God is saying because we keep listening to the same soundtrack over and over and over again. Another voice we listen to very often is the voice of our past. The voice of what we've been through, the voice of what we've experienced, and we allow the hurts and pains of the past to dictate the present and the future. And then that might lead to the other voice, which is that we allow our emotions, hurts and pains and wounds and and other voices and, and maybe even the voice of the accuser to speak into our lives and we hear these voices. We have to be so aware of what the internal voices are and what the things we're listening to on a regular basis. But even more on a even more practical note here today, I would I would say, you know, besides the fact that the word has to be the thing dictating what we hear more than anything else, who are the physical voices that we're listening to in our lives? Who are the people that we have given access in our thoughts and our thinking and in the things that shape our opinions and our beliefs. It's really important that we have people in our life that are going to speak truth to us. 
even when it hurts. I joked earlier that a couple weeks ago, Christian said, Sam, you have a mint because your breath stinks. I was like, that's not something I wanted to hear. But guess what? He was telling the truth in that moment. And so I was able to do something about it. We need people who are going to speak the truth to us, even when it doesn't feel good. And even when it's not something that we want to hear. I'm not talking about my fashion sense, by the way. But we need people in our lives that are going to speak truth to us. And, and I was thinking back to this, uh, you know, there was a, a, some, a school lesson that I was in, an assignment, and there's this guy named Lyle Wells, and he's a really br- brilliant uh, businessman. And so he said there are five people that we all need in our life. They all start with T, so it's, it's easy to remember. And the first, yes, is truth tellers. We need to have truth tellers in our life. We need to have people who are going to speak truth to us. That even when we're believing something that is not right, or we're believing something that is not biblical or not in the word of God, that say, you know what? There's something wrong with that way of thinking. This is what God is saying. We need truth tellers. We also need to have teachers. We need to have people in our life that we have allowed to speak into our life to teach the Word of God, but not just to stop there, to teach us in areas where we just don't have the answers. Maybe it's in our finances, in our relationships, in our marriages, as parents, whatever the area might be, we have to have teachers present in our life. We also have to have trustees. We need to have people that we trust with what we have, where we can entrust with the things that we've worked so hard for and that we could do life together with because we know that someone else is walking with us. We need to have, and this is one of my favorites, we need to have Timothy's. We know the biblical context of Paul with Timothy, where Paul discipled Timothy, where he brought him along, where he invested in him, where he taught him what it was to not just be a man, but to be a man in ministry, to be a pastor on what to do. We need to have Timothys in our life to be able to walk alongside us and to walk with and to be able to teach. Can I tell you that some of the times where I get the best revelation is where I'm talking to somebody else and I'm giving them advice and the Holy Spirit's like, that's good advice. You should probably follow it. Oh, okay. And we also need to have tank fillers. We need to have the ones who are going to counteract the truth tellers that told us how it was. And to tell us, hey, you still have really good value. You're loved, you're cared for, you're an amazing person. To be able to have those around us that will build us up, to talk with us, to walk with us, to encourage us. We need to have these people in our life because we can't just have our own echo chamber going on in our lives or we're only listening to the same things. We need to bring other voices of wisdom in. We need to be speaking about these things. We need to be investing in others and we need to have others who are building us up as well as being the ones who are going to build others up. There's so much about this pursuit of the promise that we're going to go into in the coming weeks. But, but this right here is something that if we can grab a hold of as a church and as a congregation, if we can walk through this in community and build relationships with those around us, then we will not just take the truth and, and grab a hold of it ourselves, which is amazing, but we will take it and we will invest it in others and we will be the support system for those around us to help them walk through the situations of life together. Amen. 
First Peter once again talks about us being living stones where God is building the house through the living stones who are his children. It requires all of us to be doing this together. To be those that would take the truth and to take the light of, of what God has said and to bring it into the places of darkness. To be willing to bring that light into the, the, the lives of the people around us as well. To be willing to look at any situation in our life where we're experiencing darkness and to say, is there an absence of the truth of what God has spoken? What has he said? What can I grab a hold of? What can I begin to speak in those places in my life? And how can I encourage those around me to do the same? We have to be those that walk in accordance with his truth. We have to be those who are in pursuit of his light. And then, as we continue on in the book of John, it says in verse 6, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. We have to be the ones, we have to be the church who knows what God has spoken, to know what he is saying, to know that through Jesus we have access to these incredible promises and speaking them into the places of darkness. We have to be the ones who bear the light. I want to ask if the worship team would come forward here this morning. This chapter goes on to say in verse 9, it says the true light which was Jesus, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. We cannot be the one church who are walking in the darkness. We cannot be the one church who do not pursue the truth. We cannot be the ones who don't recognize the Word of God and the life power that is in the Word of God. We can't be the ones who live oblivious to it. We have to be the ones who are walking in pursuit of it saying, God, what are you saying? That same power that spoke the universe into creation. The same power that when there was just complete darkness and the absence of life and the absence of any value that God spoke into those places, how much more does God want to speak into the lives of his children? How much more does God want to speak into the situation that you might be going through right now? The darkness can only exist in the places where we have not allowed the light to come and to take its rightful place. 